Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Have you ever performed with no one laughed at all? I had this one woman show that I was doing at the time. It was before I started doing stand-up, really. Uh, and so it was just like 45 minutes of me doing a bunch of different characters. And well, it's all scripted, so you can't really break out of it if well, things don't go well. You didn't write it? I wrote it. You Yeah, wrote no, it's it. all on me. It's all 100% <laughs> my fault. How did you do this? Yeah. Well, it felt like I got kicked in the chest. <laughs> it was a slow crash. Yeah. Oh, man, it was brutal. And, like, just because... Because it's also like it's hard to do terribly, and also changing wigs and like Damn. putting on oh, was, dumb costumes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a diverse individual. All of this shit is real. Everybody's like, ah, what is it? Is he a family man? Is he a trapper? Is he a ladies man? Well, I'm all of it. All of it. I beat your ass, kiss your girl, and go tuck my kids in, and then I show up <laughs> and lead a march on the weekend. <laughs> it's all real. This is Expeditiously. I am Tilt T.I. Uh-huh. Now, the following experience is not a test. The conversations and stories expressed on this podcast are meant to be an expression of purpose and truth. This show, properly entitled Expeditiously, is a free exchange of ideas and opinions. No judgment, no preconceived beliefs, no fear. You're encouraged to share your thoughts and ask any question as long as it's done with respect. And that's through true love and respect for others that we will change the world and speak truth to power, one show at a time. Now, without further ado, this is Expeditiously. I'm Tip T.I. Harris. Yo, welcome to Expeditiously. I am your host, Tip T.I. Harris. Now, here, uh, what we do is we have discussions that will push the culture and the community forward with people who are relevant to the discussion. And my guest today has quickly become one of the most influential voices in comedy. The Village Voice recently called her the voice comedy needs right now. And Daily Blast declared that she is the future of stand-up comedy. Well, man, those are very high regards. She recently <laughs> served as the executive producer, writer, and host of her weekly half-hour variety sketch series, The Break with Michelle Wolf on Netflix. Without further ado, please welcome well, I, I guess you kind of figured it out. It's Michelle Wolf. <laughs> What's going on? Hello, how are Thank you? Thank you so much Thank for joining us. Thank you for having us. me. Man, how could I not, man? You tearing it up out there. Thanks, I'm trying to. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I think, uh, so, I've seen you several times live, um, uh, mostly with Dave, mm-hmm. and it's not easy to go out there before and act like Dave and Donnell Rollins and, then, and still command your own attention. Yeah. How do you find, like, you know, how do you find yourself able to do that? Uh, I I got lucky. I um I got brought on the road pretty early with, like, I've been out with Louie and Rock, and right. uh, we... When I was out with them, we did real big venues. Like, we did arenas. You know, I did Madison Square Garden with Louie. I did Dope. arenas all over the world with rock. And I think, like, that kind of really set me up to be like, all right, just be confident on stage. Right. As soon as they see you a little scared, <laughs> that's when they know. That's when they, they turn like on you. But, yeah, yeah, it's just, it, I don't know. And then, and then as soon as, I, you know, anytime you're around Dave, you, like, you kind of... I don't know, at least I jump on a little bit of his confidence where right. it's just like he's got this aura that's just like kind of magical I to be around. That. Yeah, and then so you kind of just, I don't know, do your best impression of him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, check this out, man. Any of you future entrepreneurs out there, man, uh, well, well, how about you, Mac? You, you starting a business? 
Yes. Well, you be starting a business soon. That's going to make you uh, an entrepreneur. It's going to also put you in the market for some good legal representation, will it not? Yes. Of course it will. If you are starting your own business like Macboney, you know what I'm saying, this is what you need to know. Don't let the worry of legal setup fees and contracts stress you out, man. You can start your business right now at LegalZoom.com. Use code TI. It's ridiculously easy. Over the past 19 years, LegalZoom has helped more than 2 million Americans start their businesses by incorporating former LLCs and more. But even after your business is set up, LegalZoom can still help you out with a lot more, okay? Things like lease agreements, changing tax law, and reviewing contract all play a part in running your own business. You need to know that. You understand that? Uh, do you know these things, Mac Boney? Yes, I love LegalZoom. You love LegalZoom? I do. All right then, man, because I know that uh, KC out in L.A., he's a producer for Expeditionally. He's been using LegalZoom for his personal needs for years. Now, when he wanted to set up his business, he didn't have big money. And, you know, for attorneys who ride the clock on you, you know what I'm saying, run their tab up high as they can. You, you know attorneys like that, Mac? I sure do. Yeah, well, you know. Now you don't have to worry about that no more because LegalZoom going to help you. You dig what I'm saying? LegalZoom's network of independent attorneys and tax professionals can provide advice to address these things and more. You'll never get charged by the hour since LegalZoom isn't a law firm. All right, so what you need to do is go to LegalZoom.com today and enter promo code TIP. Put that in the box at checkout for your special savings. That's LegalZoom.com and use code TIP. LegalZoom, where life meets legal. So you used to work at Corporate America, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, okay. So now I can actually see you in Corporate America. Like, what were you, like sales or I was, uh, marketing? I, I did, uh, we did, uh, um, what is it called? Oh, we did due diligence. On, ah. Yeah, yeah, on uh, mutual funds. So okay. I worked with I worked with brokers to, like, tell them. I don't know. I really didn't do that much. <laughs> I was more, there's so many people that work at a bank that are just like, you email and you give papers and you right. make copies and <laughs> you hope that everything's okay. Uh, Either it's going to go well or it's not. Yeah, yeah. And I was always low enough on the totem pole that it was, like, people would blame stuff on me, but right. like, I wasn't actually going to get in trouble for anything. Because <laughs> someone should have been probably watching known. over you. Yeah, I needed a babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> now, how do you go from that to saying you know what i'm funny um i uh well i still have a hard time believing i'm funny uh <laughs> which i'm sure plenty of people would be like she isn't uh, <laughs> yeah, please. but uh i uh i was i got a job at bear stearns in the summer of 2007 mm -hmm. and bear stearns was the first bank to fail in march of 2008 damn yeah yeah so it was a fun run and uh I um around the same time my friends came to visit me and I went to a taping of SNL. Okay. Always been such a huge fan. And after the taping I was just like how do these people get into this? Like how mm. how do you start this? So I, I just googled all of them and they almost all started in improv. Mm. So I just signed up for an improv class. Dope. And after that it was just like oh I just want to do more of this. But so I would like I'd work at the bank all day, you know, like in a suit, in a skirt. Let's be honest, in a skirt suit that <laughs> <laughs> I got like at Century Twenty. Well, you know, like a real discount. <laughs> and uh, I would go from the bank to Improv, and mm. I would just in the same in the skirt same suit. skirt suit, heels and everything. I really <laughs> looked like hilarious. a a weird working mom. That, uh, <laughs> that's hilarious that you that, that juxtaposition from something is vanilla and and dare I say stale yeah. as the bank 
to to going and actually getting laughs. Like when when you first hit stage, what what said to you, "Hey man, I could do this for the rest of my life." It was more like a feeling I got that I was just like after the first class, I just remember thinking like, "I just want to do more of this." Right. I, like that was like it was. I think before then, I really didn't have much of a personality. I didn't have much of a point of view. Mm. I was kind of just like grinding through life. You know, like I, I always wanted to do well. You know, I worked really hard in school. Right. I did, you know, I was real nerd, you know, real type A. But then I got into that. Like I started doing improv and I was like, oh, like <laughs> there's so much more out there. Right. You know, I started to develop a personality, a point of view and like – Confidence. You have quite a point of view now I, that you mention it. I I have kind of honed it throughout quite, the years. <laughs> quite the perspective, quite the alternative perspective. And you say that you know you, you you feel like you know society should be a little less woke. Yeah. So what did this, so what how, how how could I don't think they could get less woke. Well, I really don't. I don't mean it from a black perspective. I mean it more from <laughs> uh, white people perspective. Okay, well, give me an example of you know a, a overly woke white person. Well, it's like the kind of person. I, I mean, I have the joke in my my special, but the woman who I saw otters and she was like, "You should know otters rape baby seals," and I was like. <laughs> That's not our problem. I, I, saw, I, I saw that. I said, I can't believe she said that. Yeah. But it's stuff like that where it's just like there's, there's you know, a lot of white people. I would say a lot of white women in general. Okay. Uh, they they want to get offended on behalf of other people. Mm. And they also want to, I call them the head victims in charge. <laughs> uh, because they want to claim that things are bad or happening to them. But at the same time, they may want to make the rules about what you're allowed to joke about, what you're allowed to talk about. Um, you know, like. Yeah, it's hard to be sensitive and still, like, enjoy comedy. Yeah. It's very hard. Like, you know what I'm saying? You have to be a real stiff ass to, you know what I'm saying, get offended by by a joke. Yeah. And, like, the people I have a problem with, they're, they're the people that don't want to admit the reality of the situation. Right. You know? like They, they understand that this problem exists. They just don't want to hear you say it. Yeah. They don't want to hear it. And, <laughs> and, like, they're just like, no, I know the problem exists, but we're not allowed to talk about it. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Like, you see it with race all the time where it's just like there's a lot of white people that are just like, no, 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 don't bring up race. We're not racist. Don't bring it up. And it's like, no, no, no. We need to talk about it. Yeah, why not? I don't. I, I mean, I don't understand. Like, you know, I think if we if we can disagree, and everyone's mm-hmm. entitled to have their own opinion, but I feel like uh, uh, like positive engagement. Yeah, that's how society progresses. Yeah, we're not allowing the conversations to happen, which will keep us stagnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it keeps everyone in their own pen, and it also just like you gotta let. You got to let people evolve with their thought. Right. You know, like a lot of stuff's happening. A lot of society's moving pretty quickly and you got to allow for people to like talk it through even, yeah. you know, just be like, okay, well, this person feels this way. And so that that means this. And it's like, let them have that conversation. Right. Let them catch up. Would that also stand true for someone like Gail King, who may feel like, hey, this is a subject it needs to be spoken about, I think is... Is there anything ever that's ever off limits? I mean, I think everyone has to decide what their limit is. Or is it because it's it's like straight journalism, not entertainment and not a joke? Is it? Well, I mean, I feel like for jokes, 
Nothing's off limits as long as you have a good enough punchline.、Uh, But there's those topics where it's like, you're going to go after that. Your punchlines better be man, good. Man, this, be- this shit better hit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're the hardest jokes to do, but they're the most rewarding when they work. Right. But like, journalism, stuff like that, it's like a lot of that just feels like. Because, I mean, I have a lot of problems with journalism, but one of the biggest is、you、that、guys. they're trying to make it entertainment. And,、right. like, they try to, like, be like, what's the headline question going to be? You、mm. know, what's going to spark people's anger or emotions? And, right.、Um, instead of actually doing the work. I mean, journalism yeah, at the think, end of the day should be boring. Yeah. I think when you, I think when you do it at, at, at someone else's expense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, you know. You have, a, a, you have a journalistic responsibility to cover things, but then, you know, once you scratch beneath the surface and dwell on things too long, I think that's egregious. Yeah, and like, I, I mean, especially with the Gail King thing, it's like all we should really be talking about is that、uh, Kobe became a better man. That's right. Isn't that the whole goal out of all of this? Absolutely. We just want people to be better. Evolve. Yeah. I interviewed Lou Nail not too long ago. Mm hmm. And, you know, we were talking about how much more difficult it is for female comedians as it is for male comedians.、Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever, like, experienced anything like that? I mean, I, it's hard to say because, first of all, I've only ever been a female comedian. So, like, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what's harder on the other side. Right.、Um, I've also been really lucky. Like, I've been, I've had. All my, my closest friends are, you know, male comics, and they've、right. all been so great to me. Right.、Um, like, I, I mean, like, I, I worked with Louie and Rock really quickly when I was a comic, and they were all really. So, how long from the bank to working with Louis C.K. and Chris Rock? I started doing stand up. I started doing improv in 2008. I started doing stand up in around 2011.、Mm. And I worked with. Uh, I guess I started working with Chris around 2015, 2016,、gotcha. and Louie around 2015, probably too.、Mm. Um, I, I wrote on the Oscars with Rock in 2016. That's dope. Yeah. What was that like? Well, first of all, we had a whole monologue, and then they didn't nominate any black people, so we had to write a whole new monologue. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I felt bad for him because, like, I think a lot of people expected him to solve racism yeah, in that first did, eight minutes. <laughs> but did he say, did he address it at all? He did. He、okay. did.、That's、he just, talked, about,、um, talked about how Hollywood was,、uh, it, wasn't, it was sorority racist. Oh. Where it's like,、um, it's like, a, Yeah, you're not like a Kappa. You know, like, it's like you can come here, but you're not like a Kappa. Damn.、Um, but yeah, it was,、uh, that was amazing. That was such a, it was a good experience. He's great to work man, with. Chris is all, we always have a great time, man.、Um, I see him a lot, you know what I'm saying, at Dave's functions.、Mm-hmm. He's actually one of my favorites. He's, he's in my top five. Yeah. How about you? you who's your top five comedians?、Um, let's see. It would say Dave,、mm-hmm. Louie. Rock, probably Bill, Bill、mm. Burr. And. Bill Burr is a beast. Yeah, yeah. And, um, hmm, that fifth spot. <laughs> fifth spot can kind of rotate sometimes. I know it. I know it. Um, I'll put, uh, all right, this is. I'll put Cat Williams in number five. Ah, that is a man, a daring selection. A, it is. 
I also have a special place for Cat because the first time I ever saw him, uh-huh. he looked at me and he goes, a cat and a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> And then I was just like, I'll love you forever. <laughs> man, Cat's a cool guy, man. He's in, 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 in like extremely effortless. Yeah. Extremely effortless, man. I mean, with you, you could tell that there isn't, you know, I'm sure he works at his craft, but he goes in there and you could tell that it's of the moment. Mm-hmm. Present thoughts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's kind of like freestyling for, you know what I'm saying, for, for, for an artist. Yeah. But being like a, a woman, female comic or whatever, it's, you know, like, I, I think I've been like, I don't know. Everyone's like, is it harder? Is it harder? And I've been doing this maybe nine years, stand up about nine years. And mm. I mean, I have two specials, you know, like I've. I've worked on some really good shows. Right. You know, like... And you work with Seth Meyers as well, Yeah, I worked with Seth. You know, like, for me, it hasn't... I don't think it's been harder, but, you know... Hey, listen, let me ask y'all a question. Have any of y'all gone online to Expeditiously.com and ordered your Expeditiously merch yet? I mean, it's available right now. Well... I'm urging you to do so. But on another note, as an entrepreneur, I can tell you that it's important that my products gets to my customers as quickly as possible. Now, if that's important to you, for your business, you can enjoy a hassle-free shipping experience when you use Stamps.com. It's one of the most popular time-saving tools for small businesses like ours. Now, have you ever used Stamps.com, MacBoney? No, I have not. You haven't? Well, I'm going to tell you something about it. Stamps.com gives you all the amazing services of the U.S. Post Office right to your computer. So whether you're a small office sending invoice an online seller shipping out t-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts and stuff like us, or even big businesses sending thousands of packages a day. Stamps.com can handle it all. You dig what I'm saying? Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail is ready, just hand it to your mail carrier, drop it in the mailbox like you would anything else. It's just that simple. Stamps.com is a no-brainer, saving you time and money. It's no wonder that over 700 thousand small businesses already use stamps.com right now expeditiously listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment now what you think they're gonna do with that digital scale make millions okay <laughs> just go to stamps.com click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in ti that's stamps.com enter ti and like Mac Boney said, make millions. Hey. I mean, you're doing fairly well for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, yeah, you really crush your shit. Man. I don't want to discount all the women who've come before me that had to do, like, the dirty work, you right. know, and kind of clear the path. Right. Um, but. You know, like Adele Givens, you know, yeah. some more. Yeah. You yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Monique, yeah. you know. Have you ever performed where no one laughed at all? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> okay, let's hear about that. Let's One time I did that. this I did this honestly it was probably not great, but I did um <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I did this I had this one woman show that I was doing at the time. It was before I started doing stand up really. Um, and so it was just like forty five minutes of me doing a bunch of different characters. And wow. it's all scripted. So you can't really break out of it if Whoa. things don't go well. You didn't write it? I wrote it. You Yeah, wrote no, it's all it. on me. It's all a hundred percent my fault. How could you do this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
was having that conversation in my head the whole time. <laughs> but it was for like uh, I did it at this small theater, and there was like no, there was like twelve people from like a Torah group there, Ugh. and they just sat and stared at me the whole time while I went through this whole forty-five minute long thing. It was Whoa. it felt like I got kicked in the chest. <laughs> it was a slow crash. Yeah. Oh man, it was brutal. And like just because it's also like it's hard to do terribly and also like be like changing wigs and like Damn. putting on oh, was, dumb costumes. Yeah, the Tyler <laughs> Just like demoralizing it everywhere. Man, I seen that movie, me and my wife watched that movie, man, Fall from Grace on Netflix. Oh, Tyler I didn't Perry. see that one. Man, listen, man, great acting, horrible hair pieces. <laughs> Listen, man, the hair pieces. Well, it was like, yo, what's up? This a party city wig, bro. Like you have a billion dollars, man. I'm talking about that's how that's how the rich stay rich. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We can only spend one point two for this film. Something's got to get cut. Hair and makeup. You're out of here. I like to think all the actors go to his his studio, his lot, or whatever, right. and they're so excited. They're like, he's gonna have the best. This is this is for. Black well, people. it is. It is. It's laid out now. And then they go in and they're like, "This is the hair." <laughs> <laughs> Man, I should have brought my you. own hair. <laughs> I've seen, I, from what I've seen of Black Twitter, everybody loves the movie. Nothing, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's the most important thing. Although I just feel like, man, that was. It was some dastardly shit going on in that movie, man. I mean, for real. Uh, everyone loves the movie. However, Black Twitter's been giving him hell about those hair pieces. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. If, at least let your people so. look good, you know? Deservingly so. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, it was the one scene where the started lady who was locked up. I think her name was Grace. Uh, so she comes home. She gets in the shower. Mm-hmm. And she put her head in the water and the wig don't get wet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, Wait, like, I think I saw a meme of this on Twitter. <laughs> we could not get wet. It won't lay down. And she was just, you know. Man, that shit was funny as hell, man. I'd love to see the, like, I'd love to see the cut from scenes part of that where she gets out of the water. She's like, really? <laughs> she probably pulled it off. <laughs> Slung it out, you know. <laughs> I just recently discovered that comedians have genres. Yeah. Okay. Well, what genre would you consider Michelle Wolf? Um, I'm kind of in the more social commentary, mm. uh, which I think for me is the most fun genre. It's also the one that can get you in the most trouble. And it's fun, but but it's also the one that you have to stay the most current with mm-hmm. what's going on. Yeah. So so be that as it may, let's talk about some things that's on your mind right okay. now. You've been, that's been going on in the news. What, what has your attention? Um, you know what? The thing that's making me the most mad right now, it's still, and it's been the things bothering me for a while, mm. it's how much we're covering Trump the non-important stuff. Mm. Like, uh, I was talking to this this comic who's from Australia, and she just raised, like, a ton of money for the wildfires. Okay. And uh, and I was like, oh, that's so great. So proud of you. And she was like, well, Australia's still on fire. And I was like, it Damn. is? Damn. Like, we stopped covering it. And I was like, wait, so what of our news have you heard? Did you hear about Nancy Pelosi ripping up the paper? And she was like, yeah, that was a big story uh. in Australia. Damn. And I was like, you're on fire and you got the Nancy Pelosi ripping up a script story? I wonder who, so who's in charge of this? Who pushes, who says what stories will go and which ones will not? I don't know, but they need to be replaced. (laughs) (laughs) 
bad story. Like, they're just pushing all this stuff. That I'm like, that's not news. What are yeah. we doing here? Yeah, yeah. Now, the Joaquin Phoenix speech, was that was dope. I didn't see it. I heard part of it. He's talking about how... Um, being vegan's good is that the nah he was talking about you know uh, the the lack of diversity in Hollywood oh that's very different than being vegan yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but the thing is, as he said everywhere, he's like, I know this is going to lose. I know I'm going to lose. Yeah. But I'm going to say it anyway, man. Oh, shit. This is going to cost me. All right. But still, guys, let's do the right thing. I'm never going to work again. Yeah. But, but then he just won uh, Best best Actor for, for Joker. Yeah. I mean, that's very dope. But that's the stuff like. It's, and, it's great to do good and do well at the same time. Yeah. That's I mean, a lot of a lot of comedy. There's. You know, you see Dave do it. I, I'm trying to do it. It's it's where you're, you're taking a swing where a lot of people, yeah. you risk a lot of people falling out. Yeah. Which is also, you know, like the fun, the best part about comedy, too, is like a lot of what we say, we're not wrong. Right. You might not want to hear it. That's it. But we're not wrong. Yeah. The whole I mean, movement might go train. away. It's a runaway train. Yeah. It's and, a runaway train. And, you know, a lot of the stuff, it's like. Again, it comes back to the fact that we're not even allowed to have the conversation. Mm. And it's like, if you're not me too, you're me against, which isn't... See, you know, yeah, it has to be a gray area. There's got to be a gray. we got to talk about it. I mean, I think that, like, you know, whenever you have... Uh, now, I do, I do believe that it took a very, very strong wave of conflict to overwhelm, you know... Yeah. You know, what the the treatment mm-hmm. a mistreatment of women in hollywood uh i think that the one time someone's story doesn't add up that jeopardizes the whole shebang yeah you and, know what i'm saying and I we're think. looking at it all on the same gradient where i'm like no there are things that are really bad right. and then there's things that are like frowned upon like (laughs) (laughs) give me an example of frowned upon (laughs) what's the barometer for frowned upon (laughs) I mean I feel like this is what's going to get me in trouble (laughs) it's okay you're in a safe place this is expeditiously we all get in trouble (laughs) this is the best place to do it (laughs) no there's I mean there's like a lot of stuff that like even if it was bad it was kind of we all accepted it as okay you know, mm. we accepted it as like something, you know, like, you know, even stuff where it's like stuff at the workplace where it's like, all right, well, some people think that's flirting and other people, both men and women. Right. And other people are like, no, that's harassment. And it's like, well, see, listen, this is the thing, right? After you feel like something has gone too far, have you said, hey, don't do that no more, man. I ain't like that. Yeah. And if it persists after that, yeah. well, now you have harassment. But you can't say, he winked his eye at me and I felt uncomfortable. You never expressed that you were uncomfortable and gave him an opportunity to correct his behavior. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, like, I didn't know you couldn't masturbate in front of somebody. <laughs> I didn't know that was against the law. I mean, I We didn't. need to establish the we rules. We need to set the ground rules. We need the rules. Without the we rules, we don't know. Rules. And it's also like someone's wink is right. the way, you know, like, she was like, he winked at me, and then we started a long, loving relationship. What? And the other person's like, he winked at me, and I thought that was the worst thing that ever happened. Can I have ice and cups, please? So the world basically turned over mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. Let's call it 2000. 
Now, let's say 2001 when the government brought down the towels. So I would laugh so hard if you poured the tequila in there and drank it out of the bowl. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not gonna, I can't dedicate. I can't dedicate that. Can't dedicate myself to that. You know what I'm saying? It take a true comedian to go yeah. for that joke. I can't do that one. <laughs> um, I mean, okay, so from 2001 up to now, anything that was done before 2001 that's not like anything in the gray area. In the gray. You know what I mean? I think, you know, that should be looked at a little differently. I think a lot about how, what do we actually want to have happen? Do we want revenge for the past? Okay. Or do we want the future to be better? That's an excellent question. And that's like, I, you know, I I feel like you might... uh, know this as a black person is that it's really hard to get payment for sins that have been done in the past are you telling me Uh, well no i mean some people can do it some Some people can do it i mean not to say that they got what they deserve but they got more than black people you got native americans yeah they got reparations uh and then you have i think uh the jewish community i believe there was some the jews did it they they got a really good deal i think they they did i mean they had a bad deal i don't want to say they didn't have a good like but they uh they they um it turned out but all I'm saying is that it is possible to get paid for mm-hmm. sins of the past, just not for black people. And <laughs> I, I, I found that and not to say both of those other parties, even though they got reparations, it did not make the treatment of, of their people any better. Didn't mm-hmm. make it any better. It just could have been a lot worse if they didn't get the reparations. Yeah. Um, I I think that. Man, I think America, they, they, they really disregard us because, man, I've never seen a, a, a group of people uh, free themselves from oppression without force. Mm-hmm. I've never seen nobody sit at the table and say, okay, uh, we want to be treated fairly now. Yes, well, I'll stop oppressing you. Yeah. You know, no problem, guys. I've never seen that happen for real. And I think that the loss of life and the loss of finance is mm-hmm. the only thing that this country understands. Yeah, thank you. All right, here, cheers, cheers. to Michelle Wolf. To me and to you. Yes, to me too. <laughs> Hell yeah. So you have this uh, this sketch comedy show. I did. I had a show. It was on for ten weeks, and then we don't. They stopped it. <laughs> what the fuck did you do, Michelle? Well, I did. It wasn't. They only gave us ten weeks, but it just it never caught. It wasn't. Uh, it's pretty good though. You thanks. have some pretty good bits in there. Thank you. I mean, we had a lot of fun doing it. It just it was hard to do that kind of thing on Netflix, and it was right after the correspondence dinner, so. Ooh. That's how people knew me was because of the correspondence dinner, and I wanted to show do a show that wasn't really political, uh-huh. just funny, right? And so that kind of really it 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 was hard to marry the two, hmm. you know, to to do a show that fans from the correspondence dinner would catch on with me. Just wanted to be silly and weird. Now, now you you do uh, you, especially in your stand up, you do a lot of comparing the difference in the life of men and the life of mm-hmm. women. That's a very interesting, uh, interesting take on, on, on things. Could you? <laughs> <laughs> Brand new. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? The joke that keeps on telling. <laughs> so, I mean, well, I would say, where do you draw your inspiration? Like, is it like the dating pool or is it? Not really. I mean, like I, you know, I grew up with Toter Brothers. I hung out with boys a lot. You know, I just like, I kind of always wanted to be 
around the guys. Right. And so I think... You kick it well amongst the guys. I have a, yeah, you know, I, I you can have hang. a very cool vibe. Yeah, I'm... You know, I'm, you'll smoke a cigarette, take a shot of Jack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I'm I mean, I can dig that. Yeah, you can tell a joke. Like, it's nothing, there's nothing better than a girl who can tell a joke. It's a girl who can tell a joke, take a joke, have fun. Yeah. You know, like, what, the best part about tell hanging out joke, with Tommy... Tell a joke, smoke a joint, take a shot. You know what I'm saying? That's, golly, I'm in love. You know what I'm saying? That's how Tamika got me. <laughs> Hanging out with the comics is just so fun, too, because we make fun of each other. That's like how right. we show each other that we love each other. Right. You know, like we have a blast. I think a lot of times, like the female perspective hasn't been heard in an honest way. Hey, listen, guys, hiring is challenging, okay? But there's one place you can go where hiring is made simple for you. Fast and smart all at the same time. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash T.I. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job sites. But... They don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to the job you got for them. You dig what I'm saying? You can even add screening questions to your job listing so you can filter out candidates and, you know, focus on the best ones. And right now, to try ZipRecruiter for free, my listeners can go to ZipRecruiter.com slash TI. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash TI. Zip Recruiter, the smartest way to hire. You know, I, me and Joyner Lucas, a good buddy of mine, man, young hip-hop artist, man. You should check him out if you get a chance. Him and uh, my other buddy, Five Mikes, and uh, my cousin, Javon, and my brother, Bryce, we're sitting down. We're, we're talking, and we're talking about the difference in, like, I think the topic of discussion was, uh, oddly enough, OG rappers, and if anybody still cares about what we have to say, so that was, uh, <laughs> show you how good of a household we have. My friends come and talk about whether or not people still want to hear what OG rappers have to say. Right, so, so, we're, so we're, we're, we were currently discussing the Eminem, the new Eminem project, uh, and Wayne's new project. In comparison to, say, like, Jay's last project, 444. So, you know what I'm saying? Jordan was like, yo, you know what I'm saying? For real? You done said it all. What else you gonna say? Like, what else is there to say? What else? Nobody, you know what I mean? Everybody's heard it. There's no new rhyme schemes. There's no new... And I'm thinking, like, damn, that must, that's, damn, that's how they feel about me, too, I guess. <laughs> but that just goes to show, you know, I was really projecting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but then I reminded myself, I don't give a fuck what nobody feel. Yeah. Uh, but he goes on uh, further to say, see, when they came out, there was no Internet. So you never heard any opinions except for the columnists mm -hmm. and editors and so on and so forth who wrote in magazines. You never got to you never got to hear uh, uh, Johnny Williams who packed boxes at the Walmart's opinion. Right. You never got to hear the cashier at the gas station's opinion about what you do. And now with social media, everybody's opinion you're you're exposed to, and that can fuck with the psyche of a person who's who's essentially selling confidence. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, but the same thing's true with comedy and, you know, it's like what else what other jokes are there? And mm. I think it's it all comes down you have to keep evolving. Now 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 speaking of what other jokes are there, how do you think Eddie did? On this, on the SNL. I loved it. I was there. I went to the taping. Dope. Uh it was I mean it was so cool to see him do uh, 
his old characters, yeah. you know, like, and I, uh, you know, I, I'm good friends with Michael Che, who's the head writer there. I know. Uh, He's and, dope. Yeah, and he, um, it was also cool to see these young comics and friends like Michael, Sam J, you mm. know, writers on the show that this was their dream to have Eddie as the host. And to see that like dream come true for them, to right. see them write stuff for Eddie, right. you know, like it was it was really cool. Man, I mean, so I, I hear you working on a, uh, a new special. What do you think? I, you know, I would love to see it. What I would really love is I'd love to see him working on it. Uh, I'd love to see it in a club. Right. And then I'd love to, love to see it like a month later. Yeah. You know, we just spoke, we were just speaking about, you know, the difference in, in, in comedy clubs versus like the big arena shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, I myself... I, I, I prefer the comedy club and the, the, the weekdays. Yeah. That's what you told me. That's when you get the good stuff, the yeah. grit. Yeah, the grit. <laughs> Gritty during the week. That's when we're trying stuff out. We're like, it's a Tuesday. Right. <laughs> I was just with Kevin, I think, like a week or so ago, man. He popped up at the Peppermint Club and did mm-hmm. a set, man. He was actually fucking funny. Yeah. That shit was fucking dope. I mean... It's, it's dope to hear it first. Part of it's because I, I do comedy and I love stand-up so much, but I love to see people working out jokes. Mm. I love to see them, like, try to find it. I love to see when you see it click in for them. Right. You know? And then I love to see it again another time to see what they changed, how yeah. it has evolved. Like... I saw Dave working out for for Sticks and Stones. Mm-hmm. I saw he was... Uh, actually, came to Atlanta and we kicked it and shit. We was, he was... um doing a, a a a piece for for my project uh uh the dime trap mm-hmm. that it was a phenomenal project that not enough people heard, but it's all right. We'll move on. <laughs> um, <laughs> but in the, in the midst of, of what we were doing in the studio, he said, "Man, I need to go. I need to. I need to get to. A, I need to get to a club." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "What do you mean? We're in the middle of drinking, chilling, and smoking, and just like mid conversations, like I got to get to a club." I'm like, what do you mean you got to get to a club? So I'm thinking like a strip club. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's like, nah, let me. Then he calls some comedy club database mainframe <laughs> operator system. He's like, I'm in Atlanta. I need the closest club. I need to get in the room. That's what he said. I need to get in a room. And he directed me to this place. And we go in there, man. And he just go up there, man. And for an hour and a half, ripped it. Yeah. I'm talking about, and that was the for nobody knew we were coming. I, we walking in with Dave, like, God damn, it's Dave Chappelle, and there's Ti. You know? <laughs> 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 and, and he got up there and ripped that shit, man. That that was phenomenal. I went with Chris, uh, Chris Tucker as well. Mm-hmm. I went to work out some jokes with him. Uh, um, I mean, I, I was just going, but he was the one on stage. Yeah, we go into this uh, this this hole in the wall uh, comedy club with you know what I'm saying, full of full of black people and a couple white people man who got a little edge to him you know what I'm saying and he got up there man and tore it down for about 35 45 minutes I hang out with a lot of comedians rappers and comedians have a very good relationship yeah I hang out there's a lot that. of sim- similarities right between what we do and what we're after I think it's the I don't give a fuck of it all I don't give a fuck we're all truth tellers yeah you know like even though I know a lot of rappers you know they be faking. Yeah. They be faking. But it's a lot. There's also some of those lines where you're like. It connects with you because it's real to you. You yeah. can relate to it whether he can or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes, you know, a motherfucker say some shit. I'm like, I know you ain't do that, but I did. So, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I can dig it. Uh, I mean, man, you, you've you had quite the illustrious career, man. What else is there left for 
Michelle Wolf to do? I I, I want to just, I mean, stand-up's my favorite thing in the world. I want to keep doing it. I want to keep evolving. I want to, you know, keep trying to get better. I, I'm hopefully going to put out another special. Of course you are. Soon? You're fucking right. Um, You're fucking right. Uh, if they'll let me, I have, another, yeah, I, have a, I have another one ready to go. Out so. into the atmosphere. Michelle Wolf, part two. What you going to name it? Uh, I'll name it Scheme. Scheme. Yeah. And why would you name it that, Miss well, Wolf? Talking about a lot of schemes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I ask you a question? Do you really feel bad for people like when they like send people money and like for instance, like is these people who go who go on Facebook, right? And they'll find a random picture of me, mm-hmm. put the picture on there, and then they'll say this, 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 and that, and the other. I'm giving away such and such. All you got to do is send me this much money to here. And then those people send the money and then say, you know, you got to stop them from doing that. No, you got to stop sending money to strangers. You got to stop believing the things you read. (laughs) People are so programmed and controlled by the number of times I've seen people say like, like apparently a thing went around where I'm on a Jeffrey Epstein's flight list. (laughs) And I was like, and people are just like, yeah, wait till it comes out that you're on Jeffrey Epstein's flight list. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> you was on the plane. Was he hiding in storage of one of the planes I was on? But it's just like it's one of those things where I'm like, you guys have to, you have to do a little research. Man, I, I remember think that's fair. When I was in school, uh, the internet was first coming around, and we were first using it to do research projects. Mm. And I remember our teachers were always like, if you're gonna use the internet for research, make sure it's either a .org or a .gov. .org or .gov. Don't don't believe anything on a .com. <laughs> and even now I feel like .org and .gov can be nah, a little shaky especially the .gov yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the .gov shaky as a motherfucker man you never know what you might get do uh, some research have several sources please please do some due diligence before you go around you know splurting your falsities around <laughs> Uh, what, what? And take accountability for your actions. See, that's the thing that the internet don't have. Mm-hmm. They just switch their names up and go. Like, for instance, if if someone says at the beginning of the season, uh, the Hawks are going to win the finals. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, you got a lot of faith in Atlanta. Then, no, I'm just saying, <laughs> no, I'm just saying. If someone was to say that, let's say around, uh, around May, around playoff times, if the Hawks ain't in it, uh, the Bulls have always been my team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That you can't, nobody goes, and it's it's the luxury of anonymity. Mm-hmm. When you have absolutely no one who can point you back to your statements and actions. Yeah, and you know, there's all these people on social media who they try to call people out and they it makes them feel like they did something that day. Mm. That they had a little bit of power. And it's like, but who are you? Lil Duval called that fake Karen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, for, 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 from what, and this is another uh, another another jewel that came from the discussion last evening. It's almost like through life, physically, we get to determine who we choose to spend our time around. Mm-hmm. And we pass people up on the street all the time. Nope, not you. Nope. nope, nope. <laughs> Going on about my business. Nope, nope, nope. Not you. Nope. And we place ourselves in the company that we care to keep. Mm-hmm. 
the Instagram said no, not Instagram, but social media altogether said fuck that shit. Whether you like it or not, you're going to mix and mingle with all of these people. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like it's a public pool. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a public pool, basically. Whether you live in these apartments or not, it don't matter where you from. Man, get your ass in. I don't care who you are. Come on, jump in. You got yeah. an opinion? Get in the pool. Get in the pool. Who's gonna get in that pool? I mean, all of these people. Totally not. I can't be in that pool. Well, that's the thing. You, I'm out of here. You have to remove yourself from the Public pool. Public pool? I gotta go. Yeah, you have to rem- like you have to remove I yourself from the pool. You can't let yourself touch the pool. It's only a, it's only a matter of time before something resembling a Snickers will be floating in the water. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Public pool. That's a no-no. Yeah, I mean, like... Uh, there's not enough chlorine in the world. No, no there's I'm not. I'm telling you. Not for the public. <laughs> Which, by the way, I love you, the public. You buy tickets to our shows. Yes, but I just want to be in the pool with you. I'd be in the, in the comedy club. I'll stay on the, the stage, you guys. You. Yeah, but the pool, the pool... <laughs> Hell no, man! I cause I wouldn't suggest that you do it either. It yeah. just doesn't feel it doesn't it doesn't feel hygienic. Hey man, what's happening, man? Look, we're gonna pause in the discussion right quick because I have an announcement to make, okay? This announcement comes from Bet Online. You dig what I'm saying? Now, you know that March has arrived and we are only weeks away from the big tournament. You know the one I'm talking about. Make sure you head to Bet Online and open an account today. And I tell you why. Because Bet Online's $100,000 bracket madness starts on March 15th. That's right, you heard what I said, man. It's a $100,000, partner. And it starts on March the 15th. If you're a hardcore or you could just be a casual fan, Bet Online got $100,000 for the winner of the bracket. You understand that? Now, it's Bet Online's $100,000 bracket madness. So you could be a hardcore fan or even just a casual fan. But either way, Bet Online's $100,000 bracket madness is the best option. Man, whether you're a hardcore fan or just a casual fan, Bet Online's $100,000 bracket madness could be the move for you this tournament season. You dig what I'm saying? But remember, the NBA and XFL are still going strong. So whatever your passion is, Bet Online is the place to place your Bitch, you understand? Visit our good friends and our exclusive partner at Podcast One. Bet online to take advantages of the best bonuses in the business. Now sign up for a free account and make sure you use the promo code Podcast One for your fifty percent sign up bonus. And it's hard because like people they wanna um they wanna peg you as someone. They wanna put you mm. in a box. They wanna be able to be like, oh, because you said this, this is who you are. And it's like they we're were- all very dynamic people. Sure. Sure. Like there's, you might have one opinion, but it might change the next day. That's called projection. They, they they're projecting their limitations mm-hmm. on you, uh, usually because they feel like you know if they were in your shoes, they wouldn't either. They wouldn't have thought to do something, or they wouldn't be able to do something in their own mind. And they're projecting their fears, failures, and limitations on you. I uh, I also think that uh, I 100 percent agree, and I also think that there's you know like. People want to belong to a group. Mm. They want to be in a community. And for the longest time, you know, a lot of that was religion. And mm. now that people are less religious, they're trying to find what their community is. They Change might have their shied God's away a little oh, bit. Well, this guy, uh, <laughs> this, this guy obviously he doesn't mind if I get fucked in the ass. Let me find a new one. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, I mean, let's not make any women priests. That would be know, terrible. 
<laughs> Whoa, there's an interesting dynamic. Mm-hmm. There are no women priests. No women priests. What? It's no. almost like they're hogging it. You guys are too good for them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Man, what is the what, what what is the thing that people would be surprised to know about Michelle Wolf? You know, honestly, I think the pe- thing that people would be most surprised is that, like, I think people, because of the correspondence there, pegged me as a political comedian. And I am not. You're not? I'm not. I mean, like, I... I feel like any good comic. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like any good comic can lives in the gray. Okay, you know, like we can argue any side of we. We'll argue the funniest side of the situation. Okay, you know, but like I, I'm I'm a liberal. I'm definitely a liberal, but like I also. uh, That means she smokes marijuana. People. (laughs) (laughs) Every once in a while. (laughs) You know. Uh, I uh, but you know like I. I try to tell jokes that encompass issues that we're all facing, you know, and from like a realistic perspective, not from like a bleeding heart liberal perspective, mm. just from like, no, this is the reality. Right. I'm not here to tell you what you wanted to hear. I'm here to tell you what you didn't know you wanted to hear. Hmm. And you sp- still might not want to hear it after you heard it. <laughs> <laughs> they say, man, the truth will set you free, but it'll piss you off first. It'll piss you off first, for yeah. sure. I mean, man, you've been doing a great job of pushing the envelope, but still maintaining your, your fan base and expanding uh, that as you release you're working on your second yeah, I your mean, second special. I really hope this next one, it's going to test my fan base a little bit. <laughs> I'm kind of pushing on some buttons, and hopefully they stick with me. But Hey, man, I think, well, for, for, every, for every one you drop off, there'll be three more to pick up. I hope so. Now, here at Expeditiously, we have a, a, a tradition that is called the Word of the Week. Okay. It is a word that is indicative of the guest or the conversation that we were having. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for you, uh, after watching your special and some of your sketch comedy, uh, the word that I selected was facetious. <laughs> facetious is the word that I selected for you, Miss Wolf. And it means not meant to be taken seriously or literally. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a good uh, word for me. And now, <laughs> and now what I'll do is I'll use it in a sentence so people who listen, they can go back to school, back to work, or back in the hood, stand around their partners and they can use it and act like, you know, they've known it their whole lives, giving me or you no credit at all. But that's okay. That's what we do here at Expeditiously. Uh, the sentence for facetious. Sometimes Michelle Wolf's facetious remarks on air are taken literally by online trolls. Such an unfortunate scenario. <laughs> I don't think people should take you seriously, especially you being a comedian. I think that you should have, you should be able to run the gambit. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't, if we don't figure out what to laugh at, you know what I'm saying? We don't know what we really should be concerned about. A hundred percent. Yeah. So and- what, what can people see you next? Um, I'm I'm on tour right now. Uh, I'm I'm all over the country. I go to Denver next week. DC. Good weed uh, in Denver. Love Denver. Love DC. DC. Uh, yeah, good weed in DC. Going too. to a you know I got Michellewolf.com slash tour. You stopped. On, you, did you stop at Stadium? No. When you're in DC, yeah, go to go, go to, to stadium. stadium. Yeah, go to Stadium. Is that a, I missed Magic City club. when you, man, the last happened? time. I, I got there a day late, and it everyone went to epic. Magic City the day before I got there. It was there. epic. That I was heard the, about it. I heard all time. about it. <laughs> Man, it was me, 
Dave, Nip, Donnell, Rollins, uh, I think Shaka was there. Man. We had a fantastic <laughs> time. Do you hear me, man? That of legends. That of legends. Long live Nipsey Hussle, by the way. We had a phenomenal time. Man. I heard it about great. it. Yeah, but, you, but, but, but the day you came, we did okay. We did okay. We did okay. We did okay. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Monday Night in Magic City, but we did all right. We did all right. Hey, listen, man. This is just coming from me, and I'm friends with lots of comedians. I kind of study the craft. Uh, do you watch Jerry Seinfeld's Comedians in Cars getting I coffee? Do. I haven't seen all the episodes, but I've seen a lot of them. I've seen most of them. Yeah. They're pretty fucking good. They're pretty good. They're pretty good. I think I'm going to nominate you to be on there. I think you'd have oh, a thanks. very funny episode. I would love to do it. Seinfeld is one of those shows that, like, it still works. Mm. There's very few comedies that still work. Mm. Now, what do you? Th- speaking of comedies that still work, what do you think about this whole friends versus living single thing? Oh, I saw that. <laughs> now, you know, I mean, of course, you know, by the statistics, the analytics show living single came like they were out like eight months before Friends was. Yeah. So, what do you think? Like, just tell me. How do you? Well, you, I mean. Can you imagine white people stealing something from black people? I don't, I don't know if it's ever happened. <laughs> uh, if you did a show, what would it be about? You know what? I would do a show about the news. I'd love to do a news uh, show to see, like... Murphy Brown. A little bit, but, like, to see, like, what's behind the scenes, you know? Like, especially, like, you know, how they how they come up with like Rachel Maddow's whole hour you know Mm. like but you know funny of course but also just like exposing so television right now what is the funniest shit on TV that you think you've seen I mean presently oh I mean I know Veep just ended but Uh. Veep was I that was one of my favorite shows I've seen in a long time that was a funny funny show Mm. I'm, I'm uh, they have great jokes. The jokes per minute of that show right. are just like, and they're insulting. They're fun. They're fast. I love that show. Man. What else did I watch recently? Fleabag was good. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that. I haven't seen, seen Fleabag. Fleabag's good. It's this British woman, uh, and she, you know she's all all sorts of crazy. Man, hands down for me. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Hands down, the funniest shit on TV. Yeah. I don't care. There's, I don't know if it's black comedy, white comedy. That shit is just hilarious. It's just funny. Danny DeVito is fucking amazing. He's great. Yeah. Uh, also, Shameless. I've never seen Shameless. Shameless is some of the best shit you can watch. Now, they start getting a little kind of like, you know. Yeah. You know when they start running out of shit to to do I wish it's good I wish every show was like this is gonna be three seasons mm. that's it what do you think of Curb Your Enthusiasm coming back um I saw a clip for uh, a preview which was he he just keeps putting on a Make America Great Again hat yeah. when he wants to get out of a conversation right which I think is a very <laughs> funny bit <laughs> yeah uh, that show, because, you know, sometimes there's been a couple years between seasons. Uh-huh. You go back to watch, like, a season one or season two. Man. The cameras are so much worse. What do you mean? Like, the quality of the but filming. But it seemed like you were watching reality TV. It looks like reality we never, TV. We never fucking knew. Yeah. I wish they would play reruns of Girlfriends. Mm. It, I, get, I'm, I'm telling you, it's coming you down to reruns. Some. I think you can find some. It's just hard. It's on, like... 
You know, like, like it's a, on your own demand if you if you look. I uh, know, but that's the thing. Search UPN. <laughs> <laughs> Does UPN still exist? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> It'd be great to have like an honest Sex in the City girlfriends combination uh, where like you hear like a Carrie Bradshaw complain, yeah. you know, and then like like another character's like, shut Bitch, up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you know how many shoes you have? <laughs> Get your privileged ass back it is up. It's going great. You, you have a rent controlled apartment. <laughs> a white family just moved into my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Gentrification bringing different cultures together. I think Sad the Entertainer has a show like that. <laughs> yeah. He, he, uh, um, gentrification, though, sorry, I did want to bring this up. The, okay. The most, you know, you hear a lot of, again, come back to white women blogging and complaining about stuff. Right. The craziest part is they're doing it from their bed apartment. Oh. Where it's like, you pushed out a family. Wow. You're blogging about how someone said something that offended you right. or how dare you do that while you're sitting in an apartment that should not belong to you. Damn. That your dad's probably pay- paying for. Damn. Well, I mean... That brings that's our episode of uh The Last OG mm-hmm. about gentrification. They had Method Man and Tracy Morgan. Uh they and they listen, that's a pretty dope show. It's a show that could be cheesy. Mm-hmm. And that's another one where the wigs are not the best. <laughs> you know, not the best. For that, you know, that's TBS. One, so not, it's <laughs> you know. So you have uh Tracy Morgan who got out of prison and he's coming back and reacclimating himself to society cut to Tracy Morgan before he went in prison and he's supposed to have cornrows mm-hmm. there. So they put the fucking cornrow wig on. It's like, yo, come on, dude. <laughs> you may as well just take a marker. <laughs> <laughs> Give him like a Charlie Brown like little <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And was put, you get what we trying to do on the side. <laughs> I love Tracy. There was this one time he popped into the cellar and, you know, we're all sitting at the table uh tracy's telling some stories and then all of a sudden he pulls out a bag of russell stover jelly beans what? and first of all is this fat tracy or is this like you know fit tracy this is like a year ago tracy. oh okay this is fit tracy. Yeah, yeah yeah so this rich tracy this is rich tracy super rich this is tracy. super rich tracy and i think that's important for the <laughs> russell got- stover jelly bean part of this conversation zero calorie jelly <laughs> yeah. beans you know so that's how rich he is he pulls out these jelly beans he goes it's russell stover and then he pulls them into a pours them into a bowl and he's like everyone have some jelly beans <laughs> And then we all we're like okay, and so we're like picking up jelly beans. He goes, "Not the green. The green are for me." <laughs> what are we doing? Man, hey, that's another great man. Tracy Morgan is fucking hilarious, and you and Mike Epps. Mike Epps. Mike Epps. I heard him and Wanda Sykes. They have a new show that they're working on. I love Wanda. Wanda's Wanda. Super Wanda. Wanda might actually be in my top five. Okay, so she's your fifth. Yeah, she's my fifth. I'm oh, sorry, cat. <laughs> God, I love you, Cat. Wanda's in there. Man, uh, yeah, they're working on a new show together. The ecosystem of comedy mm-hmm. has has evolved and grown into such a dynamic force now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like y'all, like like having y'all hip hop '96 moment. Yeah, I think I think, and I hope this is true. But I think I feel in comedy right now this sense that like, oh, people are listening to us. Right. And uh, 
we also are in a moment where we have to defend what we're doing. You know, mm. like we have to. There's a lot of people coming out saying like, you can't tell jokes. You can't tell jokes about this. You can't tell jokes about that. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, no. Don't tell us. Right. We've always been the ones to say whatever we wanted to say. What's the it's on joke? us to make the punchline good. The toughest joke to get across. Like when I say that, like who's the worst group to offend? You know what I'm saying? Well, I got, I mean, my new set right now, it's a lot of, you know, and I have a lot of white women who are my fans and as would to be expected, I think. You do what I'm and, saying. Uh, <laughs> but they, uh, you know, like a lot of my jokes right now are like, I want women to get ahead, but. What? I mean, that's all the, jo- you know, like that's where the jokes come in. That's where it's like, but I'm like, I'm trying to. As a woman, to- I think you can say that. And, it's like a black man getting up there and saying, nigga, 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 nigga. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like- and, and, you know, like I'm trying to tell these women, like. Where they're going wrong, but being funny at the well, same where time. Where are they going wrong? Oh, there's so many. I mean, it's a lot going wrong almost every direction. I mean, but, but, why, but how? How can they correct it? What are the things that need to be reeled in? I think the biggest thing is that white women need to stop thinking they're the victim. Mm, what if they're victims? If they're victims <laughs> of like a certain crime. <laughs> Then for that I suppose moment. for that moment you can be a victim, <laughs> but for the most part, it's like, bitch, stand up. <laughs> I say this all the time. Man. I mean, this is part of the joke, but I say like, white women are like a cat stuck in a tree. Mm. The fire department's gonna come, but he's gonna be like, I feel like you should be able to get down. You know what I'm saying? In my last special, I talk about how we're the most we're the most privileged victim. Like, it was hard to start a rev. The smartest thing white men did mm. is they kept us comfortable. Because oh. it's almost impossible to start a revolution from under a duvet. <laughs> you can't. You're cozy. What are you going to do? You're cozy. I'll do that shit later. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you I'm, know, you have a black lady raising your baby. You're cozy under a blanket. You know what? Now, that's like that is a dynamic that isn't discussed enough. Mm-hmm. When white women were considered to be well to do and rich, they would have a Mamie or mm-hmm. whatever they called them that was a nanny that would take care of the child nurture even sometimes breastfeeding mm-hmm. the child now how do you get to a space where you say okay well enough of that you know now I, I got it from here what does that still exist in the culture today do you think that, like, remnants of that still exist? I think there's definitely remnants of it. I mean, like, there's a ton of problems with the the white feminist movement. But a lot of women don't understand what they have. Mm. A lot of women don't understand that they're like, oh, I'm the prize. I mean, I think the woman is the prize. She is. Yeah. I 100% believe that. But they don't believe that. Why not? There's just been this narrative in society that, like, women have to continually get better to impress men when it's like first of all we don't understand what men are into women think they have to be this certain type this certain politeness this certain made upness and when you're like oh no no but there's a difference (laughs) (laughs) there's a difference okay so there's a going out tonight and had a bunch of drinks having fun kind of standard and there's a want to get an apartment which you take you to meet my mom kind of standard Mm -hmm. 
And not often do they intercede. You know what I'm saying? Man, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And sharing this moment, man. It would not have been the same without you. Can't wait to see your second special. Thank you. Scheme. Scheme. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And your first special. What is? I get the name of the special. Joke show. And the sketch comedy show. The Break. The Break. I thoroughly enjoy you every time I see you on stage or even just kicking shit with the guys, man, at the bar. And you're welcome here. You're a welcome guest at Expeditiously anytime. Thank you so much. I had a blast. You're the best. Michelle Wolf, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. This has been Expeditiously. I did so much because we're going to cut most of this shit out just so, you know what I'm saying, we're (laughs) safe and protected. (laughs) Hey, listen, man, I got some exciting news. My show, Expeditiously, will now be available on Spotify, and it's free. If you already listen to music on Spotify, now you can listen to the podcast in the same place. Thanks for listening to Expeditiously with me, T.I.P. Don't forget to subscribe to Apple Podcasts and Podcast One, and rate and review, please. Expeditiously is produced, engineered, and edited by K.C. Lewis. 